Welcome back to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast, podcast history in the world, on the planet, in the universe. I'm Bill Kasky. And I'm Brian Neal. Greetings. Welcome. We've got a lot of, uh, got a lot of new <laughs> listeners. We've got a lot of emails from you guys and ladies. And so uh, keep those coming. And if you have not already joined our LinkedIn tribe, go to advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn. We're up to 11,000 plus and... They all showed up last weekend at, at the pool. It was a nice day, and all eleven thousand <laughs> came over. It's a little crowd. We, it was hard to social distance with eleven thousand here, but that's a great idea. A LinkedIn, uh, a, a LinkedIn group pool party at Bill's <laughs> Let's do pool. It. I'll do that. Let's I'll come over. It. Now, yeah, I wonder if you spaced out your deck and all that stuff within six, in like a six, a grid, six yeah, foot grid. Give me right. a year to build to rebuild the deck, though, because it's. Uh, but you had now. I think yeah. you, you had a little. A little I did. Little we had a scare. There. Yeah. So so it's funny. Obviously, you know, COVID's the thing right now, and it's all around. Da 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 da. Um, and then most people know someone that's had it, and unfortunately, some people know it's gotten really sick, and some people passed away, and that other stuff. But it's been fairly removed from me uh, until last week when um, someone that I work with very closely, who was a little sniffly one day. We were kind of joking, like, that's not a COVID sniffle. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. The next day, called and said, hey, man, uh, someone in my family tested positive. I'm going to go get tested. And that was on a, like a Wednesday. And then that same person called me on Saturday and said, I got some news. I'm positive. And I had been in a car with this dude. Oh, really? Yeah, I was in a car. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So we had to go. Um, the rest of our staff went and got tested. Um, and we did the same day test, the, the antigen, I think it's called. And we waited. There's a delay because it'll give a false negative if you're too soon. So we waited a week. And uh, it was funny. I literally, you know, I'm sitting there waiting to get my test back. And I felt like they're going to tell me whether I've got brain cancer or like who wants to live. <laughs> exactly. I'm sitting in my exactly. car in Greenfield, Indiana at this like med check Dep- place. I'm like, depressed. oh my God, like this could be the end, like <laughs> my life, you know. That's like literally how I felt. I'm like, oh, please, God, please, God, please, no, please, no, <laughs> yeah, which is I'll funny. I'll do anything. I'll, totally. I'll serve. Scott, yeah, totally. I'll serve totally. <laughs> I'm sorry what I did. Yeah, I started do, making all these amends to everybody I haven't, yeah, I haven't talked to in 50 years. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry there. And then she came back, you know, and she, you're in the, uh, in the, in your car. They do it in your car. And then she brings a little sheet out, like, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Neal. We're like, yep, you're both negative. See you later. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's like, did you, you know, renege but, on all the promises you well made then, well then and then i think okay so then i'm like hey babe you want to go stop at the restaurant get something to eat you know and you pull in a cracker barrel and you're around 55 other people like at some point we got to just like step back okay, i know you know well i got i got my haircut yesterday and the uh, lady who cuts it she goes oh i said what's new with you louise and she goes oh i had covid <laughs> and i said she okay. goes, well, my husband had it too and i said awesome. well it's only been four weeks since <laughs> right. i met you she goes yeah it must have been right after that <laughs> Well, okay. And then I thought, wait a minute, you're buying into all the hype and all the pant fear. Yeah. It's like, okay, but I it's going to happen. Okay. It's going to happen. Right. Just don't be reckless. And we've been reckless and like, that's a thing. So, yeah. So before we start, uh, yeah. Brian and I have uh, developed a program called the ASP Insider. And if you're a sales pro and a fan of the podcast and you want to navigate the coming upheaval in the sales profession, I guess it's more than coming. It's here. It's here. And you have a deep commitment to up your game, then we invite you to become an insider. It's a group coaching program, meets monthly. We coach on relevant topics. In fact, we're going to cover one today that will help you grow your business and your income. Tuition, $47 a month, or you can join for the year and save some more bucks. Go to advancedsellingpodcast.com 
slash insider for details. There's a little video there. There's also some videos of some of the people who are members too, who have experienced some success already. So advancedsellingpodcast.com slash insider if you're interested. And I may uh, offer my own little commentary on the insider program. If you're listening to this and you're not in the group, I'd highly suggest you take a look at this. The next two sessions we're going to do are about messaging. Bill and I are going to talk about the topic a little bit today, but man, I'm, I just told Bill getting ready. I said the tuition, the annual tuition for this thing, these next two sessions, like it's beyond worth it. The, what we're going to take you through, in my opinion. So, um, you know, then figure you get the next 10 for free. Think of it that way. But uh, love to have listeners. We got a great group. It's got a great culture. This group does it has a really great group dynamic. We'd love to have you as a part of that. And not to overwhelm people with features and benefits, <laughs> but if you join, you will get the prior three uh, events too. Yeah. So you won't miss, yeah. you won't have missed yeah, anything if you join now. No. Everything's recorded and uh, the people have uh, even formed their kind of little offshoot groups, little subgroups from the insider program. It's got a really good community feel to it mm-hmm. and a very, very reasonable investment for you, we think. And, uh, and we it's live. Any, have we had any weddings for the first one? Not yet. No, we have. You know, that's, I, I don't know. Coming. Yeah, my days of uh, uh, when we did the old um, the old dance marathon back in IU, me and some friends started that thing in 1991. It's the 30th year. We were trying to do a calculation of the number of both weddings and children that have spawned oh. out of the dance marathon. And there's a ton, ton really? of people oh, that cool. met. Either they met on dance marathon committee or they met someone through there and then got married and had kids and crazy. That's awesome. Well, okay, so that, let's, t- let's talk about messaging. Um, yes. When Brian and I were doing the pre-show, we, we talked because we each have our own clients and coach and train and counsel. Yeah. yeah. And we both have run into the same thing when it comes to helping our clients develop their core unique message. And so maybe we spend just a couple of minutes here, Brian, talking about what you, what you find when you introduce the topic, what, what, what makes it hard for people? Yeah. I've got a couple of thoughts. Then we can get into a couple of tips on how you can start the process. Yeah, I, this is one of my, uh, it's to me, one of the, one of the mo- my most favorite topics to speak about. And it's also, my opinion, one of the most difficult uh, to do. And the reason I think it's difficult is because people tend to, um, I, in my opinion, people tend to, when it comes to messaging, and that kind of initial, well, here's what I do, or here's why I'm different, or here's how we're different, or here's what everyone's looking for the perfect answer. And I think our pursuit of perfection in this case gets in the way of a, of a good enough and also an evolving um, element there. So the, the story and the, the, the messaging um, will always change. And you always, always have to be crafting and working on that. That's the one, one thing I think that's difficult is everyone wants the magic they want like, okay, there we're done. And to me, one of the first things you can learn from this episode is you're never done working on your messaging. Nope. It's it's a constant, constant, you're just never done. That's uh, my first idea about that. For, for Salvo. To think Salvo. Yeah, was like an I, idea. I think we've all been conditioned to, and you and I have talked about the elevator pitch. I think we've been misled by people who have said, well, you got to have a 30 second elevator pitch in case you're riding up in the elevator of somebody and they say, what do you do? And you got, you know, that whole thing, I think really discounts and dilutes the power of a good, clear message because we race to, well, how can I make it 30 seconds? And I've said yeah. on this podcast before is let's do the five minute version and then we can always scale it back from there. But if you don't do the five minute version and you told a story about your personal story, Brian, before we started is if you don't start with the big story, you can't really condense it. 
No. And so sure. uh, we, we want to talk. Plus, I think it's hard for people to put themselves in the shoes of the person that's hearing the message. We put ourselves in our shoes and we say, well, we, you know, our message basically is very simple. We help mm-hmm. you reduce costs and improve efficiency. Well, that doesn't really help the person listening. That's of no help to them because they don't know, you know, what does that mean? It can mean a lot of different things. And so I think until we put ourselves in the shoes of the customer, the prospect, and look at this message through their eyes, we're going to be, it's going to fall flat on people. There's no doubt. And and I think the the other thing that makes it hard, interesting thing too, you know, we call it the elevator pitch. Have you ever met anybody who's closed a deal from an elevator Right. Not. We should, if we have a listener who actually was in an elevator, first of all, who the hell talks in an elevator? The answer is no. <laughs> exactly. nobody talks exactly. in an elevator. It's not like, well, you got to be ready. Like you said, just in case. And I know it's kind of like a, it's a metaphoric thing. Well, that should have been the first clue <laughs> right. that it doesn't work. Is especially now, like who's going to talk? You talk now in an elevator, like oh, yeah. people like, like Turkey in they called 911. <laughs> there was a guy, he was talking in the elevator, no mask. Out, droplets, right? droplets were coming <laughs> like out of his maskless. Mouth. Um, oh no, the, I think the other, the other thing that I wrote down here in the prep is I really, and this is getting into some of our coaching and you hear Bill and I talk about this all the time is what is the intention behind the messaging you're delivering? And I feel like part of what's led us astray over the years when we're trying to do feature, feature benefit, even some of the solution-based stuff is you have to ask yourself, what is my intention behind my messaging? And we've been taught that the but a, a large majority of the intention behind it has been to hook someone yeah, yeah. or to get them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like bait. And I think you really need them. to check yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. To impress, to show well, and that sort of thing. And I think we're evolving away from that. I really, really, really do that. We, we really need to examine this and to say the messaging to me needs to, to, to position yourself in a, in a ridiculously authentic way. And then the people will then get them because to me, a good part of good messaging, I'm getting ahead of myself here is, um, you know, people should be able to hear the message and know with a, a large degree of certainty, you know, 80, 85% ish, um, whether or not they want to continue chatting with you. Yeah. And if it's yeah. no, then I'm like, good, the message worked because the message basically, you know, kept me from wasting time with somebody. So step number one in this is to really identify your core intention with it. What's the intent? It's to separate the people who can use what I do from those who won't. And so like you say, it it works if they say no, not interested in that, then maybe it's a perfect message. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, I've got a couple things here and and we're calling this level one messaging. So we're going to give you a couple of things today that you can use immediately. And then if you are so inclined and and want to go further with it, then I would suggest the insider's place to do it because we're going to go a whole lot deeper. Yeah. I I think level one is just to start identifying what the problems are that a prospect or a customer has that you can bring enormous value to solve. Mm -hmm. So, Number one might, and I'll give you the two I have, and then you can take it from there. And if you have some others is what are the problems you solve? And sometimes yep. when I ask people that it, it comes out, well, we solve the problem of inefficiency. Well, inefficiency is not a problem. It might be an attribute. It might be something that happens because they have the problem, but you've got to think what are the, and be very specific here. What are the problems that your customer has in absence of you or in absence of your product or both. Mm -hmm. So that would be number one. Love it. 
And my second one would, would be the other side of that coin, which is where are they trying to go? Generally, what, what kind of uh, end result or opportunity or goals do you suspect they have? And part of that could be if you're calling on dentists, for example. I know we have a lot of dental uh, salespeople in the listening audience. If you're calling on dentists, generally, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to build their practice? Are they trying to hang on until they retire? I mean, you should know generally what the goals and objectives and dreams and ideal outcomes of your customer is. And so you've got to figure out how do you help them get there? So the problems they're trying to avoid, the possibilities they're trying to uh, achieve, that's a really good place to start. Just start to craft out what that means. Yes, it's all th- those two things that you just mentioned are all, this is where I think we talked earlier about where people have gone astray, that those are all externally focused. They're not internally. So it's not what I, what my software does. It's the situation across the table that you have this specific issue that my software makes that issue better or go away or something like that, right? Um. So I wrote down, I'm going to steal a line from the, or a, a section at least uh, from the, the challenger sale methodology that I'm, I'm a fan of. I think that the challenger sale is very, very buzzy. Um, I, I like its theory. It's a little short on tactics, but there's, there's one element of that. One of the core tenets of the challenger methodology is teaching and educating people. And we talk about that bill. And I usually talk about through the lens of creating your own personal brand, which we also did in the insider. Um, and I think one of the gifts that we bring to people is an outside perspective of things they may not even know exist in terms of a problem or a solution. So for me, if you're thinking about what what element of messaging can you add to or kind of filter yours and look, go, okay, I really don't talk about that. Think about what you can teach somebody in a very short period of time that they may not know about. You don't have to go through, a, it's not like you're jumping on a whiteboard for 45 minutes, but you can, you can even say theoretically with your, as your, part of your messaging, one of the things that we do, we, we find that when we get into uh, companies or organizations, we are able to bring outside perspective in and shine lights on blind spots that most of our clients didn't even know they had going in. Yeah. Some, right. Yeah. So that some of that's uncovered in the sales process, some in the solution or implementation phase, but that's a thing on a level one. I think, what are you educating what what are you noticing? What's great about salespeople is you're out talking to people all day, every day. Like Absolutely. you said, you call on dentists, you got ideas. And, and so you say that you might say part of your messaging is I, I really try to look for ideas from other dentists that I talk to and share those with others, you know, free of like violating, you know, NDAs and competition problems mm-hmm. and stuff. But, you know, with good intention to try to share those things around that to me is a level one. what can you bring and share? What knowledge can you bring and share to others? So you just said something that, um, uh is really important. And you just, you just kind of glossed over it, Brian. I'm <laughs> you gonna, did that earlier I'm too. Gonna, and I didn't get a chance to stop you. I'm going to rewind gonna, the tape. It was same. Okay, go ahead. Cause you said uh, something earlier. I'm like, that was so good. And we just kept oh, Go ahead. Yeah. The re, the rewind is that um, you said you're solving pop problems that people know they have, but you're also solving problems people don't know they have. Correct. And so when you show up, I remember the old, the old uh, style of selling was show up with nothing but a pencil and a piece of paper and don't yeah. bring any brochure, you know, just, just go in yeah. and start pumping questions. What, tell me, what, what, yeah. what do you lose sleep over at night, Brian? What are your biggest problems around here? But if a person doesn't, if a person experiences problems, they don't know they have because they don't think they're, there's no awareness of them. You've got to be the person that exposes that. Yes. Uh, 
I had a, a client the other day who was calling on somebody, a hospital, a large hospital, and they were talking about my client's services in the hospital. And the clients, the prospect said to my client said, uh, well, you know, we've hired five people over the last two years and not one of them has worked out. So let's wait. We've got a person right now we're going to hire and let's wait until he comes in and gets settled. <laughs> and my client says, because he's well-trained, he goes, oh, that guy's not going to be here in three months. Why would we wait? <laughs> right. What's going to be different with exactly. this guy? And yes. I thought, and his name is Mike, and he was yes. really, it took a lot of courage to say that, but uh, it's that's the truth. great. It is. And so um, I don't know where I was going with that other than that's the problem. The problem Absolutely. is you're waiting on somebody to come yes. ma- magically solve the problem when the solution sits right in front of you. So exactly. sometimes you have to bring the light, shine the light, bring awareness on things that people don't, they're not privy to because they're too close to it. Yes. And in the past, I feel like that was kind of taught as confrontational or negative. And now I think it's massively valuable to others when someone could come in and say, have you thought about this yet? Or, you know, I think that, I think people love that. They love that done tactfully, obviously. Yeah. You know, not, not, not in a patronizing way, not in a, you're an idiot way, but with really good intention behind it. I think people really, really appreciate that. Well, and I think he thought, this thing is over. If I don't say that, yeah, this right. thing is over because then he's going to say, no, call me back in six months and it's going to yes. go nowhere. So once it's over, once you're detached from the outcome, you can say those things. Yeah. And it was yeah. the right thing to say and, and they're now proceeding forward. Yes. Um, you know, one thing that we've talked about before is this idea of the, of the iceberg, the iceberg theory where the, there's conscious problems that the customer has, which are on top of the water, but yeah. there's a whole lot more underneath that they're unaware of. And if you can, and I think that is one place Challenger is really good. If you can educate people, so they after you educate them, they say, well, geez, we got that. I never knew there was a solution for that. <laughs> right, right, so right. I think that's a, a good model is just think about there's conscious problems they have and there's unconscious problems. The big money is in the unconscious problems that you can no doubt. expose. No doubt. Uh, I had a, uh, a second one here, and this is another thing. If you're just listening to the podcast today and you're thinking, okay, what can I get from this to help me with my messaging? We're trying to give you some things to do. If you want to go deeper and really work on it, we're going to do that in our next two insider episodes. So you need to become a member to do that. This next one is you need to make sure, in my opinion, that your messaging has some boundaries around it. Um, because I think it's real healthy, both for us and for the customer, the consumer that we're talking to, that they understand where our good work starts and stops. Uh, for instance, yeah. would be when I'm talking to somebody, I don't do uh, engagements at companies like Eli Lilly that have 5,000 salespeople. That's not where I play. Yeah. Um, that's not where I really choose or want to play at this point in time. I don't know that I'm the best person to serve them and what they need at scale, you know, with certified trainers and a whole bunch of workbooks and stuff and all that jazz. So if I'm speaking to someone and they have, you know, 5,000 salespeople, while on one hand, that might be kind of appealing, you know, get big dealitis and go, Oh my gosh, five thousand. that's not what I do. This is not what I do. And there are some companies that do that really well. And I'm not one of them. So I think it's really important to have boundaries to talk about. So we talked about the problems you do solve and people you do work with. I think it's good to say, here are things we don't do. Yeah. Um, or for like another phrase I'll always use is I, we, and I think Bill, you're in the camp with this also is um, Bill and I usually don't do life rafts. I call it. We don't do companies that are like, uh, you know, burning, almost ready to go under, file bankruptcy, come in, try to save the day. Most of the firms that we're drawn to and that are drawn to us are already really good, high-performing people that want to be that much better and want to modernize and systemize and 
you know, make it, make it better, but it's not like super, super broken. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I think you and I look at, and I, I don't think this is necessary for every salesperson listening, but what's the culture of the company? Mm. Because if the culture is defeated, if the culture is toxic, it's yeah. a great word today. Love it. Um, well, it's not a great word, but it's a word that's thrown around a lot. You, you might, if you're selling consulting or coaching or something that where that matters to you, then that's a good place to set the boundary, you know, because you're qualifying them just as yes. much as they're qualifying you. Yes. And they've got to prove to you that the culture is wor- worthy of you and I or, or our, our listeners. So that may be another way that you can define the boundaries. Here's who we work with. Here's who we don't work with. Here's what we yeah. do. Here's what we don't do. Now the customer is extremely clear about where they can put you and insert you in their business if there's a reason to. Absolutely. And I know all of our millennial listeners, when we say the word toxic, they only think of Britney Spears, one of her oh, really? one of her key uh, uh, high chart-topping hits. Oh, it's called toxic? toxic? It's called toxic. Okay. It's good. Yeah. When I think of that, I think of Ellen DeGeneres now because <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, in right. Ellen's work, work uh, environment, although <laughs> what's interesting is a lot of people have come out and said, no, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Ellen. I think she's yeah, funnier than heck, but, yeah. but um, I said, funny? you know, I tweeted the other day, I said, if if we were all that concerned with toxic workplaces, we probably wouldn't ever use the iPhone because of Steve Jobs. <laughs> we would never <laughs> exactly have an iPhone right. because, because that was a top, I mean, from what I read, it's, it was a toxic workplace. Okay. Yes. If you don't like it, get the hell out and we'll find somebody else. I mean, yeah. you know, but that's, and, that's and, not yeah. a defensive toxicity. That's just a, it's an old, old guy. That's such a bad word though, isn't it? If you were going to be called oh, yeah. anything like work-wise, the worst thing you could be called is toxic, <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, there's not a worse word, in my opinion, to be, you know, like other, there, and when you think about it, what, you got relationships are toxic, work environments are toxic, right? You have to- yep. toxic shock syndrome. <laughs> I mean, it's a really, really bad thing. So nobody chemicals. wants to be labeled. <laughs> totally. Well, if you... If you had tested positive for COVID, you would have been toxic to me. I well, they've got a toxic work environment over there, right? They've got COVID <laughs> flying around the place. Yeah. Jeez, oh, Pete. That's scary. Okay. All so right. if, you, um, if you liked what we talked about today, as Brian says, uh, go to advancedsellingpodcast.com, Insider, some videos there. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you. And uh, we're our next, uh, next two months, starting August and September, are all going to be about messaging, crafting it. We're going to talk about first and then delivering it. So hopefully you can uh, make your way over there. Brian, anything else for today? Yeah, that'll do it. Everybody needs to go be a member of the Insider. Well worth your time and money, I promise. See you. Bye.